In the second episode in our platform series, GIST Healthcare co-founders Chaz Rhodes and Lisa Belamovich discuss how health systems are diversifying to create care ecosystems, build consumer loyalty, and fend off competition from disruptors. It's Tuesday, May 24th, and I'm Alex Olgan with GIST Healthcare Daily, where you get the headlines and health business and policy news in under 10 minutes. If you like the podcast, please leave us a rating or a review. It helps other listeners find the show. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This week, we're replaying our four-part series from February and March about the growing interest in investment in healthcare platforms. Here's the show. In the last episode, we heard from consultants Vince Caritis and Randy Williams, who are advising companies on platform strategy and business models. Randy said, as competition from retailers, insurers, and telehealth players intensify, health systems shouldn't take for granted the relationships they've built with consumers. This is going to be the battle to win and retain consumers. And if you already have a relationship with the, with those consumers, please don't view that as a position that's easily defended. While traditional providers like health systems and physicians have long been the front door to American healthcare, several other players like insurers, retail pharmacies, and direct-to-consumer telehealth companies have been vertically integrating and providing more care across the continuum. I sat down with GIST Healthcare co-founders Chaz Rhodes and Lisa Belamovich, who have been thinking about what these moves mean for health systems. Here's some of our conversation. First, here's Lisa. Health systems are facing a level of competition that they haven't seen before. Um, you know, we were talking 10 years ago, the primary competitive force for a health system was the other health system in their market. Um, but particularly coming out of the pandemic, uh, the average health system is looking at an entirely new weight class of competitors, whether it's well-funded insurance companies or retailers uh, that are looking to field a greater suite of healthcare uh, services. And all of those competitors um, you know, are not just targeting uh, wholesale purchasers of care, you know, employers that are looking uh, to buy care and coverage for their employees. Um, they're looking to build a relationship directly with uh, consumers and patients, the end users of care. And I think it's become very obvious to health systems and physician groups that if they don't strengthen 
the relationships that they have with their customers and build ongoing loyalty with consumers uh, that they are in a position where they could very easily be disintermediated. How have providers been responding to that increasing competition, Chaz? Healthcare providers who sort of stuck to their own swim lanes for a long time have begun to broaden out into health systems of various configurations. So hospitals getting into the ambulatory space and then owning physicians and some of them getting into the insurance business, um, physician groups getting into the insurance business or the, uh, the retail clinic space, insurance companies getting into the care provision space, whether through physician practices or, uh, or clinics or telemedicine. Um, and so uh, as these uh, continuum wide or kind of omni-channel type uh, healthcare companies have emerged, this has really become the new dynamic of competition in healthcare is uh, how can we bring all of these pieces together um, in a way that keeps the patient or the consumer inside of our ecosystem and, and does, you know, that person doesn't have to interact with a bunch of other healthcare uh, providers. Chaz, this care ecosystem that you talk about sounds a lot like what population health companies have been doing for some time. So how is this different? You know, we've been on this path for the last 10 years or so of care management and population health and all of these approaches to trying to bend the cost curve or deliver more value to patients and to payers. And that sort of begs the question of what's the consumer value proposition in all of that? And here comes this notion from the, from the rest of the American economy, the rest of the global economy about platforms. And it turns out to be actually a pretty appealing way to put that coordination to work or in a consumer framework. We're making things easier for you. We're not just trying to lower the overall total cost of healthcare for you. We're actually also trying to help you navigate across a complex system, meet your needs as a consumer. And so it's almost as though there's a fee-for-service element of this that's become attractive for traditional uh, companies who I think maybe had gotten a little bit wrapped around the axle on the, on the wholesale value proposition of, of population health. Like population health consumerized, kind of? Yeah, that's a good way to put it. One point that Chaz made um, is really important, and it's the concept of curation. And the bar for that is much higher in healthcare than it is for platforms in other industries. You know, if you think about Amazon as a platform, sure, they do a pretty good job of curating what goods that I'm buying, make sure, making sure that the vendor can ship them to me and meet the expectations of Amazon Prime. But you know, if I buy a sweater on Amazon and it doesn't meet my quality expectations, I've spent a few bucks. Uh, but it's you know, it's it's just a few bucks lost. Uh, with healthcare, you know, if I am looking for care via uh, a platform, uh, you know, I want to be assured that it is a high quality provider who's going to provide me with a, a good experience on the other end. Uh, you know, so whether it's a health system or an insurance company that's getting into this business, uh, there is a real, uh, you know, mandate there that they need to make sure that the uh, services that they are providing to consumers through the platform actually meet a pretty high bar. As you talk about creating a care ecosystem that's becoming the go-to place for patients for all their healthcare needs, it strikes me that the large integrated systems like Intermountain or UPMC would have a leg up here. Is that right? 
I think the more pieces you have, the better. Uh, and so there are, you mentioned Intermountain, for example, I think Kaiser Permanente is, a, is an example of an organization that has all the pieces. Um, United Health Group may have all the pieces uh, and, and many other systems are trying to assemble all the pieces. It's not just about having all the pieces, it's about putting those pieces together in a way that's better for consumers uh, or better for patients. That's harder. Um, and it requires, I think, all of these organizations to go against the, um, the, the grain in terms of how they have traditionally thought about running their businesses. I mean, people have talked about being consumer-centric for a long time, but there's never really been a need to uh, or, a, or a burning platform to. Now, I think we're entering a moment where, as, as we're beginning to see platform competition happen in healthcare, it really is about, you know, show me the money. You have to walk the walk in terms of actually making it a better uh, value proposition for the end user. For the systems that are aspiring towards this platform future, but don't have all of those pieces that you mentioned, are health systems exploring acquiring companies to build these out or partnering? I think the smart ones are onto the fact that they don't know how to do everything at a high level that they're going to need to do. And so they need to find partners. And I think they're finding a lot of willing partners in some of these new industry entrants and disruptors and so forth, who also, frankly, don't know what they're doing. Uh, to, you know, in some cases, in terms of uh, you know the, the care delivery or the clinical aspects and so forth. And so, uh, I think this is probably going to be an era of uh, of uh, to use an old phrase from uh, you know from maybe 20 years ago in the business literature. It's going to be an era of coopetition. Uh, sort of cooperation and competition among people who are all vying for uh, kind of owning the hearts and minds or winning the hearts and minds of consumers. Lisa, can you point to any health systems, insurers, or other companies that are doing this well? And is there a specific group of patients that companies are starting out with? Is there any one system that is a, you know, the epitome of a perfect healthcare platform? No. Um, but the ones that are doing it well are finding ways to bring access and solutions directly to consumers. Baylor Scott and White in uh, the Dallas-Fort Worth area has a, uh, a great digital platform where uh, consumers can get access to the health information, schedule visits, um, and you know, really does a great job connecting you to care needs that you have and, and, and communicating with you about your health. Chaz, who else would you say is doing parts of this right? I think that probably the, the companies that have the best shot at pulling this off in the near term are those that have the most touch points with consumers because it is a consumer-oriented um, approach to business. And so the more... Uh, of the front end of the delivery system or the payment system you own, the better shot you have at pulling this off. Um, and you know, I think that's why we've seen telemedicine companies and um, and primary care uh, providers, uh, you know, some of these new style primary care companies, uh, you know, really try to go after this value proposition. Um, at the same time, I think the insurance companies have discovered a really lucrative business model to put around it, particularly for the Medicare population, right? Because the problem, if, if I'm an insurance company, the main problem I have is that uh, my enrollees are churning year to year in particularly in commercial insurance, but in Medicare Advantage, which is, a, you know, the growing segment and the hot segment in insurance, 
um, enrollees actually don't churn all that much. People stay in their plan for quite some time. And so here's a population of people that's very profitable to serve uh, because the payment is so good from the government that I can actually create that ecosystem around and get the rewards for doing it over time. And so that's become, I think, a, a big justification for the insurance companies making big bets in this platform uh, space. Chaz, can you point to any out-of-industry examples of companies excelling at platform strategy that healthcare companies could take away learnings from? So if you think about Amazon, for example, and everybody points to Amazon Prime as sort of the classic example of a, of a platform business, and, and that company has really built that notion out, what makes them so appealing to consumers is convenience and selection, right? It is uh, I, it's so dead easy for me to make a purchase on Amazon and, um, and I know they're going to have what I need. And so I'm not going to bother, you know, putting on a pair of, of, uh, you know, outdoor pants and, and getting in the car and driving somewhere to try to buy something. Cause I know I can just get it sitting in my, on my couch, wearing my pajamas. Uh, it, they're not the cheapest by any stretch of the imagination. In fact, I think what you find is that Amazon in a lot of cases is pretty expensive for, for what they're selling, but that's not the value proposition. The value proposition is ease of use. Um, and, and that just means they've identified the lever that consumers care about when it comes to shopping for consumer goods. And so I think healthcare providers are gonna have to identify those levers as well. They're not all gonna be the same for everybody and they're not all gonna be the same for, for every service. So. Um, some of them are going to be about, I can get it right now on demand. Some of them, for some, for some things, it's going to be more about, I can get you to the right kind of provider quickly, uh, or I can connect your information from point to point across the continuum. Uh, there's a lot of different uh, value propositions that I think would go into a platform, uh, a successful platform business model in healthcare. Lisa, what do you think are some of the challenges that provider groups or health systems face in becoming these omni-channel platforms or care ecosystems? If we're real here, um, we have to recognize that delivering on something like a seamless consumer experience or you know, the ability to uh, schedule easily isn't going to be uh, you know, simple for health systems. You know, one of the barriers here is physicians, um, you know, particularly the independent docs that uh, health systems work with in their markets. You know, if I want to try and, you know, create the connections that consumers want, you know, will independent physicians who work with us let us have access to their schedule? Um, you know, will the information transfer be seamless? All of this becomes way more important if we're thinking like a platform first uh, than it has historically. We're still early in the platformization of healthcare, so to speak. How are you both expecting this to play out over the next couple of years? If I had to predict, we will see lots of small platforms and lots of different entities calling themselves platforms, but that over time, the number will call. Um, you know, right now, uh, an orthopedic scheduling service is calling themselves a platform. Uh, clearly, that's not all you need uh, for healthcare. But if these platforms don't somehow integrate, the danger is that they put the consumer in the position of integrating all their care across a multitude of platforms, um, which you know I don't know if from a uh, you know trying to deliver on seamless healthcare experience that uh, 
makes it that much better for consumers than where we find ourselves today if they're having to juggle uh, their care and communication across a dozen different things calling themselves platforms. I think this is the right aspiration for health systems. So I think this is you know, where, where both they should be going and where the competitive landscape is, is dragging them. I mean, I think if they don't move in this direction, then they're going to get uh, displaced, as you, as you suggest, by, by either the big vertically integrated insurance companies who have, you know, all the money in the world to play with, or uh, by some of these disruptor companies who know more about consumers than anybody else, right? The retailers and, and others that are coming in. So I think this is where health systems ought to be playing. Here's the problem they're going to have. Uh, uh, they own the most expensive part of the delivery system, which is the hospital. And uh, and so they've got to figure out a way to, to bring all these pieces together in a way that keeps the cost down. And they're at a disadvantage relative to all of these other players who don't have to own hospitals and don't have to provide safety net care for the uninsured and, and so on and so forth. So that's one challenge. And the other is um, no one believes them, right? Because uh, every time, because this is very adjacent to a strategy of just building more scale. And every time they've built more scale in the past, uh, the cost of care has gone up. Uh, and, and that's why everybody's so concerned about consolidation and, and so forth. And so as they move, closer to this direction of building platforms, what it looks like from a policy perspective is, uh-oh, they're just getting bigger uh, again. And we know how this movie ends. And so they're gonna actually have to deliver on this in a, in a real tangible way, or I think they will find themselves under a lot of scrutiny from regulators and the policy community. That was Chaz Rhodes and Lisa Belomovich, co-founders of GIST Healthcare. They're working with health system members across the country on evaluating this kind of care ecosystem or platform strategy. In the next interview in our series on the growing popularity of the platform strategy in healthcare, we'll feature a conversation with Derek Street, CEO of DexCare, a company that was spun out of Providence and is now helping health systems connect a lot of their point solutions. Thanks for listening to GIST Healthcare Daily. I'm Alex Olkin. You can check out more insights on healthcare business and policy news on GISTHealthcare.com. GIST Healthcare. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out of pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact. You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 
luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Bailey is an independent production of Just Healthcare. 